And a very good morning, all. Welcome to the show, Hills. Isn't it great to hear a familiar voice back doing the news? Yeah, there she was. <laughs> We've been in there checking out her toes, Vanessa's toes this morning. Yes, a little black. Yes, and uh, the right one's going to get blacker, I reckon. <laughs> so still a bit of pain around. Yes, yeah. And a lot of joy. Yep, Vanessa will join us probably about uh, in about 15 minutes' time just to tell us about this New York Marathon experience. She hasn't wasted time. I thought they might have given her the weekend off here at SEN yeah. after punishing the body through the, the five boroughs of New York, and uh, she's got the medal to show for us and, and some black toes. Exactly right. But, yeah, welcome back, Vanessa. Great to have you uh, joining us today a little later on. Well, Heels, best laid plans. As you know, uh, I'm uh, along with uh, my very good friend Kendall Gilding from uh, Channel Seven. We'll be uh, helping MC the uh, launch of the Queensland cricket oh, season God. today. You love your dual MCing, don't you? Yeah. Well, that was the Queensland cricket's call. I'm fine oh, yeah. with it. I'm fine with it. But yeah. uh, we had a chat yesterday. You don't overdo the MCing, though, do you? No, 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 no. Well, we've got our own. Well, you know, we'll we make, stick to our lanes we'll today. Make it smooth. I'll make try. Make it smooth today. Okay. I'll do we'll, my best. We'll be sitting in judgment. Well, we had our... Table 48. <laughs> <laughs> we had plans for our uh, initial banter to uh, hail a wonderful Bulls triumph. Boom. Followed by the Heat yes. putting the scorches to the yes. sword at AB Field last night. Yeah, did they both win? Sadly, neither happened. Yeah, hey, right here. Yeah. Mm. I've moved on, Penny. <laughs> it was fairly quick. It um, was a very hard day for Queensland cricket yesterday. Oh, wasn't it tough? So for those of you who were not quite up with it, the Bulls were set 273 on a tricky wicket. They reached two for 179, seemingly cruising. Burns and Kawadra had put on a 168-run stand, but it all fell apart. They got the six for 245, just 28 runs shy. Jordan Buckingham struck. And when he got Usman for 114 that had taken nearly all day, uh, we fell four runs short of a <sighs> magnificent win. There's bloody redbacks all over the Gabba. <laughs> oh, yeah, didn't they celebrate? Running too. around like yeah, I know. loose units. And then uh, no such drama, sadly, at AB Field last night. The Heat's fielding was pretty ordinary Ooh, at times. There's a few loose units there, Paddy. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Most of them were our batting and fielders. Yeah. Well, our bowling, sorry. Our batting was pretty good, actually. Our bowling wavered. Too many slot balls. They, yeah. they get hit, they get picked up for six way too often. Yeah, well, Money. Sophie Devine belted them. 106 or 62. She had a great innings. What, yeah. a great, what a great game. Yeah. That's a fourth T20 hundred. Yeah. Oh. Um, 106 from 62, yeah. as you said. Then two for 33. She swung it away, and our batsmen looked like they were surprised. Hang on, hang on, that's swinging. Well, I mean, perhaps the alarming thing, and we, we've got to back up against the strikers who are number one in the comp in uh, Mackay tomorrow, Hills, but the alarming thing is we've given away pretty much 10 and over in our last two matches, uh, our bowling attack. So they finished three for 192. Heat uh, chased bravely, but uh, finished up at 153. Redmayne, 53 of 44. Uh, Sophie D., Two for 33, so she's got the double. It's a brilliant century. Yeah. And two for 33, Sophie Devine. Well, she just bowled well. You know, we've only we only play two two fast bowlers, and they don't get they don't swing the ball consistently mm. on a length that makes it difficult, and hence hence they don't achieve two for thirty three. Yeah, look, I, no use crying, but I mean, I've got to say, Grace Harris probably copped a tough decision. A that shocker that LBW shocking decision. Yeah, going down by a mile. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It was, Take uh, that umpire's name. 
Hey, look, lots happening on the show today. I but didn't, uh, I didn't take his name. <laughs> uh, we'll have uh, Bullets coach Justin Schuller uh, will be joining us. There, going okay. We'll have Joe Burns. Joe Burns has kindly agreed to join us on a big day for Queensland cricket when we uh, officially launch the season. With, you had to uh, talk to Burns at lunchtime too. Uh, no, mm. my interviews are Jimmy Ma, right, Darren Lehman, yes. And Jonathan Brown. Yes. And the theme there for that uh, is like a is a, a three-peat. So we talk about the, our back-to-back back uh, shield wins in yes. 99, 2000, 2001. Uh, we're mentioning Buff's three World Cups, which is topical at this time of the year, two as a player, one as a coach. Yes. And, uh, of course, Jonathan Brown, where was his three-peat heels? That would have been together, and he, generally. Well, no, it was MCG. <laughs> one, two, th- no, two, three, four. No, they should have won four. Yeah. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. 2001, two, three, and four. Yes. Throw four in because they let us down there. Mm-hmm. Tell him that too. <laughs> <laughs> but Gigi loves cricket too. He used to host all their cricket games in Balimba in the street, didn't he? Yeah. At, the ha- at his house. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, he loved it. Uh, um, so, and, and he's finally seen the error of his ways and moved back to Queensland. Brought the As he moved back. back. Yeah, Has he really? Yeah, yeah, where, Gold Coast again? Not sure where he's living, but uh, he's oh, back I've just given up on him. I was no, going to no, say no, I look no. forward to catching he's him back. again. I haven't seen him for ages. Mm. Hey, look, uh, I don't know whether you, you're probably short on the Oh, you were busy yesterday. I know you had board meetings and things like that. But uh, Meg Lanning, uh, it was an emotional uh, an emotional yeah. day for her. We we, uh, we picked it up just towards the end of the show and then had Peter Lawler who broke on the story uh, about Meg Lanning's international retirement after one of the greatest careers. I mean, it's... 17 international tons, 180 times captain of a country, seven-time World Cup winner. Uh, naturally, the the tributes flow. Mel Jones, I thought, was great. You know, the uh, the wonderful commentator. The game is richer for her uh, being a part of it. She inspired and entertained at home and away. Her captaincy record unmatched. A star to call and watch. Uh, Gilly Adam Gilchrist was simple. He just said, "Congrats, Meg." Took the game to a new level. Sam Squires. Uh, so a legend, a leader, a game changer. And uh, she was she was emotional yesterday. Firstly, I just wanted to, to say how lucky and privileged I've been to represent Australia and play the game that I love um, for so long. I grew up wanting to represent Australia and I had fun playing cricket. I loved it. And um, to be able to do it for 13 years um, has been an incredible opportunity for me and I'm very thankful for, for those opportunities. I'm sad that it's it's finishing up, but um, I'm very much ready for something something new. There's a few people who I'd like to to thank. Um, firstly, um, mum and dad who are here, and my family. Um, you go out there as a, a cricketer, I guess, and you just see the, the playing part, but um, they ride the emotions with you, and they've always been there to support me no matter what. And I'm very thankful for that. I like to thank all my the teammates that I've I played with for Australia, it's been a privilege to play with all of you and it's been an incredible journey and I've loved every moment of playing for Australia and um, I'll miss it, but it's it's time to, to go and see what else is out there and um, experience that and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how that pans out. Yeah, uh, good on her. There yeah. were tears. It was, yeah. it was uh, wonderful. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing how easy they made it look. The team she led, yeah, uh, they dealt with very, very high expectations and and took anxiety into every clash to keep that going. Mm. And it, you know, came it comes out there, doesn't it? It comes out way too late because they're great bluffers. And uh, even her 
you know, final words there. It was up on the on Fox Sports News as you, as we were listening to that. Now it it was even low frills, wasn't it? Yeah. It was just job done, job done, low frills, no no um yeah. you know waste wastefulness at all about Meg Landing. Yeah, and, surrounded uh, by a family. Yeah, was there enough people from Cricket Australia there? Um, I, I'm not sure who was there, but uh, I thought it really touching uh, at the end of it when the press conference was over. Uh, the the gathered media uh, just gave a spontaneous round of applause. Yeah, okay. Thought it was really good. Yeah, it, yeah. but you're right; it was low key. Uh, she did, uh, you know, you, you read a lot about her, and she never really, uh, you know, Crash I think said in his column today, and you never really read her emotions. Mm. Uh, but you know, uh, if I can equate it, maybe into in racing parlance. Like you speak to Peter Moody with black caviar, you look at Chris Waller with winks. Uh, you know, the, the, there were tears there because it, it was so anxious mm. for them every time they went yep. to the, the racetrack. Chuck, another one in there, Richie McCaw, the All Blacks. Yeah, with the All Blacks, exactly right. Um, yeah. and, and it's a brilliant performer. That's uh, what what's good for the country. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, look, we'd love you to join us, and uh, there's so much to talk about. You speak of retirements. Johnny Millman has, uh, has announced we're, we're going to try and track him down uh, today. One of our great tennis players, reached uh, 33 in the world. Just uh, the, the, if there's a nicer bloke in world sport, I don't think I've met him. Uh, but you can join us on the Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line, 131355. Text line is 0467 736 736. And we're here for Burbank Homes. They are the builders you can trust. You can bank on Burbank Homes, the all-new Hyundai Kona, imagined to be bold. And Chemist Warehouse, they've joined us again. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Yeah. We've got some audio, haven't we, Patty, of Kane Corns talking to Tanasi Kokonasikis. Um uh, it's it's very, very interesting and can relate to John Millman and the pressures he's feeling at the moment. I'm critical of uh, the league for giving AFL players. So it's about 20 weeks off. I've sort of done the, the maths and you would roll your eyes and go 20 weeks off and some you players wouldn't pick up. I know. Oh, and some <laughs> players wouldn't touch a footy for, for a large portion of that. Like, So you just, you know, I've seen the way that you guys prepare and, and Leighton was famous for it and I always respected him. But how many days of the year would you not, hit a tennis ball. I can't imagine. You probably counted on two hands, couldn't you? Yeah, I have no idea. Honestly, only when I'm injured um, would yeah. probably be the time and maybe a few Sundays uh, of the year. But I'm going to be honest, the only thing that kind of irks me a little bit with the footy schedule is if I hear someone complain about the flight to Perth, I'm going to lose my marbles. <laughs> so that's probably it. It is a shocker, though, Tanasi. <laughs> well, you're dead right, Heels. I mean, John Millman has has lived this life for the best part of 17 years as a pro. It it can't you can't be good with that grind. Mm. Would you Would you think tennis is ripe for the picking by Saudi Arabia? <laughs> it is ripe to be just disrupted. They are driving those schedules yeah. way to the detriment of the game. Yeah, these late night finishes and things like that you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Well, not right. really. I'm just saying that meant that much play. Yeah. Not one day off that he can remember in the year that he doesn't need a tennis ball unless yeah. he's injured. And where's he then? He's in the physio's room. Yeah. They need to get at least six to eight weeks off a year. Mm. Hey, uh, Vanessa just walked in. We're going to have a chat to her very shortly. But just uh, <laughs> one little piece that caught my eye on, uh, on X, formerly Twitter, uh, the Barmy Army posted. Uh, something along the lines of, due to a recent change in plans, 
we now have ticket packages available for the World Cup semis and final. I wonder why that is. <laughs> they're the wallabies of the cricket World Cup. Because <laughs> they're all headed home. All right, ladies. Do we have a drum roll, Matty, anywhere? Can we? <laughs> That'll do. Come on down. Have a look. She's got it from now. What is it? We've got the T-shirt on, the New York yep. City Marathon finisher, mm-hmm. 2003. She's got yes. the medal. The medal is very impressive. Uh, yeah. look, on behalf of all our listeners, and it is presumptuous of me that I'm speaking, congratulations. <laughs> well done. You've finished the New York City Marathon. Yes, thank you. What an incredible experience. It was just, yeah, so surreal to be over there running the streets and, you know, it's it's an amazing on-foot tour of the city, really. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You had a great length to see New York. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what, what, what state was it in, New York? Because it can vary from in cleanliness and ruggedness. Mm. What, what did it feel like? Oh, they absolutely brought out the best for this <laughs> day. Yeah. And I wondered that. I wondered if the locals thought this day is a bit of an inconvenience for them with all the road closures and the police presence and putting up all those barricades, but it, that was not the case at all. Every borough that you run through, just everyone was out just going, you know, just showing their real spirit and you really see the, the difference between those different areas yeah. and yeah. people are just so proud in their signs, in what they're, they, you know, they have these little handheld loudspeakers and they're just like, <laughs> we're in Brooklyn and, you know, they're really proud of it. And the Bronx? It's, it's amazing, yep. You get a Bronx welcome. <laughs> yeah, went into the Bronx. Well, I took a special video of the sign that said welcome to the Bronx because it said the borough president is called Vanessa Gibson. Oh, my I, no I, way. I, I spotted it on the side and I crossed to the other side and took a video. No wonder you didn't like, hit the wow. time target. Yeah. <laughs> busy no, it was so and everything. Well, yeah. How good is that? I know. Yeah, the Bronx, cool. the Bronx president. Yep, yep there you go. Very <laughs> cool. I know. <laughs> what was your favourite bit of the tri- of the trip? Oh, look, um, the finish line, I think. Right. You just you finish in Central Park and, uh, yeah, the atmosphere there. And it's just such a relief. They finish you on an uphill as well. It was a very undulating course. And so you, you finish with about 500 metres of elevation, which is a bit mean really, but that finish line feeling is unlike anything else and everyone, you yeah. know, you're surrounded by strangers but everyone's just together in that moment. And Pete's it? saying you didn't drop one cupcake. <laughs> no. <laughs> didn't eat a lot of cupcakes no, in the no. preparation. Brush the bagels. water. Yeah. Did you? Did you <laughs> yeah. brush the water every now and then? Just spill one over? No. Pick one up from the t- other table? No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. What uh, You know, with your quads being so mm, sore. Oh, yeah. Maybe 500 metres downhill would have been worse. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Tell you what, by the next day, any stare or step of any sort was just torture. But anyway. Favourite restaurant? You get some good restaurants as well Um, after the... Yeah, we we did a nice um, carb load at a local Italian restaurant the night Mm. before, which was lovely. So, Mm. yeah, it was special. Paul's on the line. We've got to get to the news, but morning, Patton Heels. Congrats to Vanessa for completing the New York Marathon. She certainly has a lion heart. Good on you, Paul. We agree with you, mate. We agree with you. (laughs) Okay, now making news today, you might have heard the state government yesterday, the Premier announced a potential timetable shake-up for our schools, saying that both primary and high schools have been given the green light to potentially introduce a four-day week for schools, as well as some shorter half-days. And so some 
schools are already trialling it, but um, from the end of next year, campuses right around the state will have the option of bringing in this four-day change if their school communities want it. Mm-hmm. And so they're saying, you know, it's great for flexible learning, It's it just gives people more options, but some of the critics are not so happy saying this is just a way to cover up the teacher shortage. If uh. schools can say, all right, well, one less teacher required on this day when these students don't have to come in. Um, and it just could cause some issues for parents as well in, you know, obviously drop-offs and pick-ups, which are hard enough as it is with a six-hour school mm. day. Um, so it'll just be interesting to see how that is implemented. And, you know, it's also, it kind of puts the onus on the kids to take that res- self-responsibility of study. And while that suits some kids great, it doesn't suit everyone. So it's going to be an interesting one to watch. Mm. Now, just when we thought uh, Qantas was the big company with uh, customer issues at the moment, Optus has obviously had its fair share of problems this week. It has offered all customers affected by that major outage on Wednesday 200 gig of data, but many are saying, nah, like businesses especially, who lost substantial amounts of money during that outage, um, just saying that's it's really not acceptable and... And, you know, we want cash compensation. Mm. And so, you know, certainly not everyone's happy with that offer. And they are going to be the subject of multiple reviews as well with um, government, a Senate inquiry, a federal government review. So, yes, they'll Mm. certainly be answering some questions. We're okay paying for our data. We want the other stuff. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Give us some cash. And look, just super quickly, if you missed out on Taylor Swift tickets in June when they went on sale to the Sydney and Melbourne shows that are happening next February, second round happening today at 10am Southern Time, so that's 9am for us. There's a second round of tickets going on sale and I'm sure that website will crash (laughs) once again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, great to have you back at 6.21. We're back, Hills. Racing action continues right across the Sunshine State. You can check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Chances are, though, you're about to lose for free and confidential support. Visit the gamblinghelponline.org.au. Chris Nelson, a very good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Paddy. Good morning, Hills. G'day, Chris. Hey, just quickly, we had Pat on the line. Uh, the Blue Army have two very good up-and-comers, Zardozzi and Tom Kitten, agreed. Both uh, Group 1 winners last start. Zardozzi yes. uh, dominant yesterday, wasn't she? She sure was. And uh, look, she's got that uh, Tom Kitten form around her too. And look, I can't wait to see both of those uh, horses in the uh, in the autumn when they, they front up in probably Sydney, I would say, or wherever they head. But, uh, oh, they might be Melbourne. You never know. But, geez, she was so impressive. She let down with that big turn of foot and that's what you like to see with those group one horses so onwards and upwards for her and uh, and Tom Kitten well he probably could have won you know another two or three races this preparation he was just so unlucky yeah, yeah exactly right hey um the the carnival is back can I I think I can say that confidently they just eclipsed the uh the Everest crowd yesterday with the Oaks crowd um I don't know whether that's uh, a little bit of hype but uh, they said they got about 900 more than and they got for the Everest Day on Oaks Day yesterday. So what's what's Everest? About 40,000? About 45. That's what Randwick can fit. Yeah, you pretty much can't get much more in there. Yeah, so, so it's a bit like the MCG bagging the SCG, isn't it? Yeah. Because, you know, percentage of yeah. full percentage of fullness mm. is probably... Yeah, the, you're right, Eels. If you went percentage-wise, um, Randwick could come out on top. But, but look, you've had 
three days at Flemington. There's still one to go. That was only one day in Sydney. So, I mean, it's good. It's good to see Flemington back where it should be as uh, such a big weekend. Look, there's still tomorrow to go, and they've got three, what, three $3 million Group 1 races tomorrow to look forward to. But, I mean, I, I can remember days of the Derby when we used to get 100,000, and we always got 100,000 to cut. Those days are probably gone, but the numbers are still good. Uh, obviously, we had the drought with COVID. He couldn't do much there, but they they have certainly improved this year. And having been down in Melbourne, there was uh, there was plenty of hype around it in Derby Day for sure. Oh, yeah, they've changed deep. the model a little bit too. To be fair, ticketing and things like that, and uh, the the new grandstands, etc. Hey, just quickly before we get to the locals, uh, Antino is favourite for a two million dollar race. Geez, at, uh, they can make some excuses for Antino. Oh, it's been oh, unlucky. Well, some, oh, sure, Chris. I, bit, I got deal. him. I got him, Chris. <laughs> Don't worry. He's been unlucky. Stop being unlucky and ride it properly. Run properly. Yeah, there's a fair bit of uh, truth to that. But um, no, he has been a bit stiff. But gee, that race tomorrow, the uh, the five diamonds, that just looks perfect for him. I I, I know they got a lot of rain in Sydney yesterday, so I'm not sure uh, how the track will be tomorrow morning. But uh, look, off the top of my head, I think he handles it okay anyway. But I don't see a lot of speed. I can only see two or three horses going forward, and he can get a lovely spot from that gate for Sam Clipperton. And really, uh, if just gets a bit of even luck, Heels, mm. I think he can win. Pouring right rain here too, by the way. Absolutely okay. bucketing down. Yeah, yeah, you, on the rain way. overnight here too? Did I hear rain um, overnight? Oh, I did. Oh, certainly okay. did. Oh, the roads were dry this morning. So you're on your way down the, from the coast? I'm on my way. I've just driven over the Nunda Creek. And okay. it's hammering down. Okay, yeah, right. all right. Uh, well, we we be, well we best go to Doom, but you're probably reevaluating Doom. But now, if this rain sticks, nah, it'll go. It'll disappear. I'm sure. It's just there's been a couple of short, sharp showers, but they don't last too long. But looking at the sky, this one might. Uh, at this stage, we'll be on a good track. Uh, I'm going to go with the best bet of the day being in the Keith now. So that signals that the uh, the summer carnival's on our doorstep. Uh, the Keith now quality, and it does officially start next Saturday at the Sunshine Coast with the Malula Bar Cup. But we'll go race eight, number 10 for Tony Gollins Arastro. Tony's won this race five of the last six runnings. I think he can do it again here. He's got a good hand in the race, but Zarastro's a real flyer. I think he'll go forward and uh, they'll have their work cut out running him down in the straight. And just a couple early in the day, guys. Race two, number 10, Goblin De Quo. Now, no trials, but first up, I love the form around this uh, mare. If she's not a drifter in the market, I think she'll win. So race two, number 10, and race three, number seven, Midnight in Tokyo. It was very good a couple of weeks ago here at Doom and behind Outlawed. Uh, easier race, well-placed. I think it should be winning as well. So no massive odds about any of those, but it might be a nice little multi. A little bit soft. You didn't take a pick at the Mashanis. <laughs> There's only about eight of them in the race one again. <laughs> Heels, I get it wrong every single week. They, they get up without... They get out without names. The last one a couple of weeks ago paid sixty something dollars, I think, from yeah. memory. I, I I cannot pick them. They can turn their form around. Uh, they're big odds. They're they're impossible. And as I say, that the rain's getting ten times worse. Yeah, it's a it's a race caller's nightmare, isn't it? Uh, right at this stage, and I haven't seen the scratchings. Uh, it's a nine horse field in the first at Doombin yesterday, and six of them yeah. are, are Mashani's. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and the actual horse I've picked to win isn't a Mashani, it's Head Honcho. So uh, I've done that, I think, every time and been bitten every time. So hopefully I get it right this time. <laughs> okay. All right. Mashani suspect is equal favourite in the paper. Your three best tomorrow race two, the 10, race three, the seven, and your best of the day. Wait for the Keith Nowd quality. Uh, the feature, yep. uh, one of the features on the program. 
Uh, race 8, the 10. Uh, who's on your show? Uh, Tony Gollan's on our show today, uh, this afternoon. So looking forward to chatting to Tony. Of course, he trains the Rastro, but more importantly, he trained Dantino in that big $2 million race. So we'll see what he's got to say. And maybe I'll ask him, Heels, yeah. if uh, Antino's been unlucky or, or there's, you know, or is he, excuses you know, there or not. Or is he underachieving? Antino's right. been unlucky. What's the plan? What's the plan so that we can really monitor it? Mm. All right, I'll mate. actually say that Ian hit. Ian Healy thinks that Antino's been underachieving, yeah. Tony. What do you think? Yeah, he'll, he'll worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, he'll, and he'll never come on our show again. Thanks, Heal. All, right. All right, mate. En- enjoy. We'll see you down here in the studios shortly. Thanks, Chris. Look forward to it. Thanks, guys. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. can't believe how many, how many miles these guys have done. Uh, Justin, welcome. Have you guys got the rough end of the stick this year? It seems like you've been on the road and all over Australia to start the season off. No, we definitely knew the the front end of schedule was going to be a a full-on one. And, um, yeah, it gets a little lighter for us at the back end of the year, which will be nice. But, no, we've just enjoyed the challenges that we've had to face. And, you know, we're, we're sitting at a reasonable spot at the minute. Yeah, and Sydney again this week. Now, uh, Sydney Kings, they're, they're going pretty well, aren't they? For Their squad's changed a little bit, but they beat us one month ago pretty convincingly. How are we feeling? Yeah, it's, I honestly feel like it's going to be a totally different game. You know, we've got Josh Bannon back now, uh, Aaron Baines in this one, where we didn't have those guys last okay. time. And it was our first one without Bainesy uh, after the suspension, so it was a little adjustment period in that one. Like, Sydney is super talented, and uh, they play very different to most teams in the league. They they heavily rely on the three-point line and try and play at a, at a ridiculously fast pace tempo. So, you know, we know that going into it, and there's definitely things that we can do uh, to put ourselves in a good position, and, and that's what we've been able to work on this week with the long week uh, of prep for us. Hey, Justin, we had, we had Josh on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago. What an impressive young man, number one. And number two, he said, a relationship you had with him when he was a kid, uh, that spurred him coming back to be coached by you now in the big league. Yeah, it was, it was a little funny one, that one, because I'd spent two years recruiting him for Melbourne uh, when I was an assistant <laughs> there. So when I got the job here, I, I had to quickly get on another call and say, mate, we're, we're changing tact here. What do you think? <laughs> so, no, nah, very, very happy um, he's instilled his trust in us. And, yeah, as you said, he's a, he's a phenomenal guy, um, you know, hard worker. And really, I don't think we've seen, you know, the best of him uh, anywhere near where he can get to. So, uh, it's going to be an exciting journey for Bullets fans over the next few years watching him grow. Oh, brilliant. Um, and what about your six years as assistant coach at Melbourne United, the difference between that and now being a head coach? Yeah, I guess uh, you know Melbourne was an established club that had had recent success and you know we were lucky to win two championships there and I guess that's what we're trying to do now. And you know, to come into a club that was looking to be led, um, obviously had gone through some rough years and now we're trying to put a new foundation in place that allows us to go and have that same sustained success. So that's been an enjoyable part for me to come into and I guess put fingerprints on on those things that I know become winning habits and what that looks like. And I really feel this last month that the playing group in particular has started to really understand that um, and we're, we're taking some good steps forward. 
Hey, just aside from on court, I, I just thought I watched a little bit of the Southeast Melbourne game the other night, and they they interviewed Leroy, and I was just so wrapped that he's back. I mean, I, I know there was a little bit of a falling out with the previous admin and that, but uh, I don't know how big an influence you've been in this, but to have someone like Leroy back and in the stands and and just being around the club, mate, must must be fantastic. No, absolutely, and that was one of the things that attracted me to this job is that we are a, a club with history in this league, and like there isn't a lot of teams like that that were around right at the start. And you know, that's something I definitely wanted to draw on. And now, Watts and, and UCO was was equally as passionate about it. And yeah, just you know, Leroy being here, Brian Curled every game, Andre Moore, like we've got so many legends still living in our in our city, and it's important that they have a connection to the club and to where we're going. And you know, that is important to me that they feel as much a part of our success on the floor as anyone else. Oh, yeah, geez. Can you put a, can you put a blazer back on Curly and just let him walk along the <laughs> sideline with you a game here or there like the old days? Oh, it was unreal with his folded up program. <laughs> I'd, I'd welcome it. I did watch a couple of his uh, post-game interviews, which I think, yeah, you know, like I, I try and be a little bit more calmer than what he was at times, but uh, <laughs> uh, always welcome him around and in the building. Yeah, no, yeah. fantastic. It was hilarious vision, I felt, uh, and I think it was Wednesday, of Bainesy stalking the basket pole, you know, the, the pole, uh, you know, just dying to get on the court and train, but you were managing yeah. some sort of leg niggle. Oh, he looked, he looked nasty at the back of the basket. <laughs> no, he's. I think he's. Um, yeah, you know, we've got to manage him as best as we can at his age. But yeah, the thing I love about him is when we let him on the floor, he's he's a bull at a gate. So we we definitely need to be smart with him. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's always enjoyable when he's around. Hey, the, those last four games, and I know you lost the last one uh, in Tassie, but uh, it, it could have been a banana skin moment for you, couldn't it? Uh, you're all over the place, all over the country. And you'd come off a little losing streak, but I would have thought those four games may be almost season-defining for you, or is that drawing too big a? No, I think that's spot on. To be honest, like we knew going over to Perth that you know, we needed to to get a win at that stage. We dropped four in a row, and but we just kept true to like you know, we just got to keep being able to develop our winning habits and. The beauty for me in that game is everything kind of came to fruition in what we'd been preaching. And then since then, we've just been able to continue to move forward. And yeah, the Tassie game was, there was definitely fatigue in that for me, where we just made mental errors at key times, which were a little uncharacteristic to us. But to go through that nine days and, and be three and one, I think it now sets us up for this next block, this next quarter period of the season where we really should be able to push forward. Well, well, those winning habits seem to be spreading performance out, like nice scoring uh, equality amongst more more performers and rebounding at the other end of the court. That, it seems like that's what probably what you're after. Yeah, for sure. Like we we built this group to have depth because of the way we want to play at the defensive end. And you know, against Southeast Melbourne, we have seven guys at the offensive end get to double figures, which is kind of what we were yeah. trying to preach. But then it was also the contribution at the defensive end, which was absolute key. And yeah, we know we're not going to be a team that just has one or two guys getting it done. We need you know, all 12 guys to be contributing. And yeah, I think that's what allows us to play an exciting brand of basketball, but also a winning brand of basketball.
All right, good stuff, mate. Uh, you've had the luxury of being able to sleep in your own bed for a few nights well, and well, a row just, back just, to back. <laughs> just before we finish, Patty and Justin, can you give us a bit of an insight into the, the characters you've got in your team? Did you give them any time off this week? Did you say, right, I'll see you on Wednesday? And and what would each individual do? Would, what have you got in that in that outfit? You know, fishermen, golfers, sleepers? What do you got? Yeah, no. Uh, we've definitely got some sleepers. Don't worry about that. Uh, we've got some online gamers. Uh, we've got guys that have young families, so I think any chance they get to, to spend time with them is always um, an absolute key. But, no, we, we definitely had a smart approach this week. Took our time easing back in. Uh, we went away, but we're in the building, but just a little bit more modified training. And today's our main session for the week where we'll really get after it and, and get as well prepared. Uh, prepared for Sydney as we can. Good stuff. You can watch the Hungry Jacks NBL live on ESPN. So Brisbane travelled south to take on the Sydney Kings this Sunday uh, in uh, on Sunday afternoon. We wish you the best of luck and thanks for your time, Justin. Thanks, Justin. No, appreciate it, guys. Take care. Now on Breakfast with Pat and Heels, Heels gets his gloves off. Well, I've t- titled this one, In Meg We Trust. Australians adore performance of performers of substance, and Meg Lanning was simply that. Flair stayed in the back seat playing second fiddle to match winning and match saving consistency that created the high expectations of itself. The style was calm, controlled, and skilled. Inside, out, through, and over the offside as a batter. Greg Chappell-like works off the stumps through the leg side. Powerful cut shots to deliveries that not that short or wide at times, reminding me time and time again of Ricky Ponting. It was more than just Meg's new balance blade too that stirred a likeness to Joe Root for me with shots through the slips area to third when bowlers finally thought they'd produced a dot ball to her. Then there's the team she was in. It was supremely uh, talented. It was rough. It was tough and it was skillful. They'd played with and against boys their own age uh, as they led into senior female cricket and then conquered the female world. Meg became, became the perfect captain for them to be secure with enabling that flair, the audacity of some of their stroke play and emotion to win more than ever before. So training hard on all the right stuff, making sure that such work made them better when it was needed. That was when it was under pressure. You train to be great under pressure on the weekends if that's when the game is on. This has been a team who has coped with incredible expectations and made it look easy. So now I guess we still have to trust that she's tried and reassessed many times with the same answer. I'm done. She gave it a go to the very, very end. And, uh, Meg, you can certainly retire in peace and be excited all over again by what lies ahead. And you don't even have to attack it with the tenacity of your cricket if you don't wish to. Things now can just unfold for you and you don't have to choose. Uh, you You can choose because you've just spent 15 years uh, letting the bowler make your decisions for you and that schedule, that jam-packed schedule telling you where you need to be, what you need to be wearing and at what time. Enjoy, legend. Well done. Uh, speaking of chatting, we're about to uh, chat to an in-form bull, but I would imagine this morning Joe Burns would be devastated. Oh, what a tough way to lose yesterday. Joe, thanks for joining us today, mate. 
Good day, boys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, very frustrated, a little bit hungover, and very tired. Yeah, right, <laughs> mate. Did you commiserate in the sheds or go out any further? Uh, look, we sat around as a team. It's, um, I mean, it's always tough when you lose a four-day game by a couple of runs. Um, I guess you kind of reflect on all the little moments along the way to get there, but it's part and parcel of the, the way the season goes, and you got to pick yourself up and be ready for next week at the um, MCG against Victoria now. What are the South Australians like as a group of blokes these days? They're certainly not the early season pushover they used to be. Yeah. Um, look, they've certainly got a bit more about them these days. We we knew that they were going to be a tough team. Um, we, we know that you can't um, take them lightly. Um, they, they've got some good quicks, um, some resilient batters, and um, look, they just dusted us in, in, in the end. They just um, did the basics for long enough at the Gabba and um, got the win. So um, tough pill to cop, but we know we, we can be better and um, that's our focus. Was it a tricky wicket, Joe? How would you describe it? Uh, I reckon on the back of last year's test wicket being a little bit too green, um, the curators are probably looking to, to make a slightly flatter Gabba wicket. Uh, but the Gabba can always nip around, um, especially in the first two days. They, they batted really well in conditions that probably suited bowling. Um, and the wicket probably got flatter from there. So you know, we're, we're pretty confident going into that fourth day. I think we're chasing about 270, um, and we're in a really good position. But, yeah, the last hour of the day just didn't really go to plan. Paddy, what were they chasing? 274. Uh, 273. That, that was your issue, Bernsey. You, in your head, you thought 270, and you fell three <laughs> short. Now, <laughs> how tight was it? Like, how how do you go with, uh, you, you know, you'd, you'd, I bet you say you're more likely to, you'd, you'd more want to be out there, but sitting through a finish like that, how'd you go? Yeah, it's frustrating when you're watching because obviously you can't control anything, so um, you'd much rather be out in the middle. Um, and being able to impact the, the game. Um, I'm not great at watching. I usually mm-hmm. sit there really silent and then just explode with one word, frustration, <laughs> every maybe 10 minutes. But um, look, it, it was a great game of cricket. Um, so it's always fun to be a part of the tight ones. It's just better to win them than, than lose them. Yep. I, as we can see from this comp, as Heald said uh, before we had you uh, on the show this morning, uh, you know, a one win can change it all around. Um, you're coming off a, a great hundred against Tassie, and uh, when and then they chased down four thirty two. So you've been a little bit unlucky, and you seemingly had it in in hand yesterday. But that ninety one for you yesterday in in difficult conditions. Um, you know, selfishly for your own form is good at the moment, isn't it, mate? Yeah, I, I mean, it's nice to be making runs. Um, it's probably like yeah, it is frustrating that you you lose those last two games, but. On a personal level, it feels like I'm batting really well and um, just looking forward to the next game and hopefully trying to continue that momentum. Um, done a lot of work in the winter on some, some things that have really come together, so that gives me a lot of confidence and, um, yeah, championed a bit to, to have more hits down the middle. You haven't had too many easy runs to make uh, this year either, Burnsy, have you? Like yesterday's innings was hard. You had to really apply yourself. What was the Tassie 100 like? From from my memory, it was a bit the same. Yeah, look, he was. I suck, so I find every run hard. <laughs> um, look, in look, uh, I guess the last two weeks we probably had seeming conditions. Yeah. Um, and as a batter, seems probably the hardest thing to face. You can 
deal with swing, um, spin, there isn't too much in Australia, but um, in Hobart, where it nips around and at the Gabba, where it, it does nip around, it can be tough for batters. But they're also wickets that if you get yourself in, you can really cash in. So for me, I'm just trying to use the experience and knowing that you need to start innings well and focusing on the basics of defence. And the longer you can spend out in the middle, the runs the runs come. Um, there's also pressure on the bowlers to get you out. So they kind of, I guess, come searching and provide scoring opportunities from there. So you know, things that you pick up with experience is knowing how the innings shape. Um, leaves you in good stead when it is nipping around or um, in some yeah. tough batting conditions. Hey, Joe, talk to us about Usman's innings. He, he was there, well, till the, the bitter end, uh, literally. But uh, he'd, he'd been a little inconsistent to start the season off, but uh, yesterday was a statement of innings for him, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think he just got himself into the season. Um, you, you know, he, he had to work hard for his first 20, 30 runs and then, uh, looked like it was in full flow from there and really controlled the, the back end of the chase really well. Um, you know, we're, we're getting pretty old, so we, we ran, I think, two threes, and then we just said, no more threes. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's always been I like when we start just trying to focus on hitting boundaries and uh, the easy ones and twos. So it's good to have him back out there. Um, good to see him making runs. and um, Yeah, it would have been an epic um, 100 and a win if we pulled it off, but he batted very well nonetheless. What did you guys make of the um, alleged LBW that he might have copped before the the very end? <laughs> I thought it was out here. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, there, there were. I think there was some tight LBs against us leading up to that. So, yep. probably evens out in the end. Um, you know what it's like in those pressure moments. I'd hate to be an umpire um, when the game's on the line like that. So. Um, look, it's not easy for anyone out there. Um, so you feel for the umpires. Um, I was actually sitting in front of Ryan Harris, who's their bowling coach. Oh my God, he thought it was out. I can yeah. tell you that. Um, <laughs> so look, it, it just added to the theatre of the game at the end. Oh, it's huge. I've never seen Usman's front knee bend in like that, but definitely high, I reckon, mate. That's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And um, and then Gracie Harris gets a bad one last night. Um, so so one all for the day. Mm. We'll take that. Um, now, what do you make of this season? It's it's shaping as a very very close season, as Paddy was talking about. You know the the Vixen. You, you know you beat them convincingly in Mackay, but had to work hard to do it. New South Wales are winning again. Western Australia, how are they sitting and how are they feeling? You know, what do you make of the season? Yeah, I just think all the teams have kind of come back to the pack a bit. Yeah. You know, the teams that were out in front have probably come back, and the teams that were at the back have come forward. So just means that from week to week, you need to be on um, and you need to get those winning moments uh, right because if, if you don't, you, you're going to lose games. And uh, that's probably the frustration for us at the moment that uh, we're playing really good cricket, but we've got one win from the season. So um, if we if we keep playing this, the way we're playing against everyone, we're going, we're going to be right. But we, we do need to be a little bit sharper in those key moments throughout the season because, yeah, everyone's good this year. There's, there's no easy beats. Mm. Hey, let me throw a little curveball. You've you've played four games, so you've had a good look at what's around in the comp. And, of course, the Australian selectors after Sydney are going to have to make a fairly large decision on who takes Warner's spot. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think it comes down to probably Harris, um, Renshaw or Bancroft. Um, I, I think, look, Bain has made a lot of runs. So 
um, in tougher conditions as well. Um, I think that's the key thing around Australia that, you know, that there are different wickets and different conditions that guys can make runs in. So look at the, you know, playing at the whacker challenges your technique. I think that was the biggest thing with Bang that his technique wouldn't hold up in international cricket, but I'd like to see them give him a chance. Um, just on the back of all the runs he's made. Um, I think Renshaw's right there as well. Um, and he, he would go really well if given the opportunity. Um, I'm just trying to think of what the selectors would be thinking. No, that's right, because that's um, another big variable. Unknown, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think the Smokey going down the track, if they, did, if they didn't want to go to any of those three, is Caleb Jewell from Tasmania as well, really. Like him, I think he's got a really good technique and the ability, I think more than ever, the opener in test cricket needs to have the ability to put pressure back on the bowlers as well. We've just seen the way the red ball game is going around the world. Yeah. Um, I like what Caleb Jewell brings to the table on that front with a good technique, but also an ability to score off the bad balls because you don't get too many bad balls up top. So you need to have the ability to, to pounce on them. So, Mate, there's a few good options there. Um, we just have to wait and see, I guess, how the next two rounds un- uh, unfold. But it's pretty tight. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I wouldn't like to be a selected pick in that. But <laughs> oh, I just well. hope whoever they, whoever they do pick, they give a good run to. That's the main thing from now, just to let the person feel comfortable and um, let them settle into that position. Yeah, pick yeah, a good call, mate. Your next game is in six days' time at the G. Does that still give you, you know, sort of uh, an excitement uh, pang when you, you know you've got a nearly a whole week at the MCG? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great place to play cricket. Yeah. Um, a lot of great memories there. Um, always get really excited to going down to Melbourne playing at the MCG as well. So um, it just adds to the feel. Um, you know, the, the training facilities are great. The playing conditions are uh, fantastic. So. Very exciting week down in Melbourne and a uh, big job to do. Good stuff. All right, Joe. Really appreciate your time today, mate. Thank you. Commiserations for yesterday. It was a tough way to lose when you got so close, but you batted beautifully uh, along with Usman yesterday. Thanks, Boozy. Thanks. Thanks, Paddy. Thanks, Hills. Cheers.